Welcome to Supersized Science, where we feature research and discoveries nationwide enabled by advanced computing technology and expertise at the Texas Advanced Computing Center of the University of Texas at Austin. I'm Jorge Salazar, a science writer at TAC. When is something more than just the sum of its parts? Metal alloys show such synergy. The alloy steel, for instance, revolutionized industry by taking iron, adding a little carbon, and making an alloy much stronger than either of its components. Supercomputer simulations are helping scientists discover new types of alloys called high-entropy alloys. Researchers have used the Stampede 2 supercomputer of the Texas Advanced Computing Center, allocated by Exceed, the NSF-funded Extreme Science and Engineering Discovery Environment. The research was published April 2022 in NPJ Computational Materials. The approach taken by the scientists could be applied to finding new materials for batteries, catalysts, and more without the need for expensive metals such as platinum or cobalt. On the podcast to speak more about his study is Wee Chen, Associate Professor of Materials Science and Engineering at the Illinois Institute of Technology. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Um, would you speak to the, um, the main results of your study on um, cutting edge materials that are called high entropy alloys? So high alloys represent a very big space of materials. So there's basically unlimited number of compositions and structures. Uh, what we did for this study is that we surveyed a large space of 14 elements and their combinations of uh, high-entropy alloys. So we performed the so-called high-throughput uh, quantum mechanical calculations, uh, and we calculated the stability and the elastic properties for more than 7,000 uh, quaternary high-entropy alloys. Uh, so this is so far, uh, as far as I know, the largest database uh, for the elastic properties of high alloys. Then based on this large data set of high alloy properties, we applied uh, the deep sets architecture, which is an advanced uh, deep learning architecture to build predictive models for these high alloy properties uh, so that we can predict the properties for more high alloys. And we applied uh, this new machine learning model and predicted uh, the properties for more than 370,000 high alloy compositions. Uh, and lastly, we utilized the so-called uh, association rule learning based on the deep sets prediction so that we can extract insights on how individual elements or combinations of elements will affect the properties of high alloys. And we derived some uh, rules or what we call design rules uh, for high for alloy development. Uh, and we proposed several compositions that ex experimentalists can try to synthesize and make these high-entropy alloys. So they can be used in uh, transportation industry as the jet engine turbines or as the nuclear, uh, nuclear power plant, like uh, these structural materials, as well as for applications in medical devices, like uh, bone uh, replacement, like these uh, implant uh, materials. Yeah, we are very excited about this work. Yeah, when I think of, a, of an alloy, I think of a, a material that is kind of like, it's kind of like more, more than the sum of its parts, right? I mean, it, um, it, it really um, is something special. Um, could you speak to why these, uh, what makes these high entropy alloys kind of special? And, and, you, and you mentioned um, um, some applications um, like an engine and jet engines. 
What makes them be able to um, have such strong structures and um, also maybe bigger picture, you know, why does this excite scientists? So as we all know that we use alloys a lot in our daily life, right? Uh, and the, the most alloys, uh, or the so-called conventional alloys we've been using, they are mostly based on a single principal element. So more than 90% of the alloys is, is, is a single element, like steel, which is based on iron. Aluminum alloy is based on aluminum, magnesium alloy is based on magnesium. And uh, scientists have been alloying minor elements into these base elements to make uh, the structural alloys that we've been using in our daily life. And these alloys are also called dilute alloys because there's a, only a single principal element. High-entropy alloys represent a totally different design concept. So in this case, we try to mix multiple principal elements together. We mix five, six, seven, eight elements at approximately equal fractions. So you cannot tell which element is dominant, right? So we are actually having multiple principal uh, element alloys in this case. And uh, also what's different for Hanchpi alloys is that in many cases, these atoms, these different elements, they are uh, randomly distributed in the structure. So there's still a lattice, which still form a crystal, but the decoration of this lattice or the ordering of these atoms are random. So these are also called dilute alloys, and or we can call these uh, concentrated dilute alloys or concentrated uh, disordered alloys. In my write-up, there's one example uh, which is one of the most studied Hanchi alloys, which is called a counter alloy. Uh, this alloy was developed about ten years ago. It's a mixture of five elements: iron, manganese, cobalt, chromium, and nickel at equal fractions. And this alloy is very interesting. It has one of the best cryogenic uh, ductility. We know that most materials will become brittle at lower temperature if you, if you live in Illinois like here. So in winter, these alloys will become brittle. But uh, this counter alloy, just by mixing these common elements, and suddenly they will have like very low temperature ductility, which is very useful. Right? There, there are two main reasons that the scientific community wants to study these Hanchipi alloys. Uh, so first, uh, there is a so-called cocktail effect. So, uh, which just means that if we mix uh, a number of elements together uh, at equal or approximately equal fractions as a Hanchipi alloy, they will produce different behavior as its constituent elements. That's one reason that uh, counter alloy uh, have such a surprising uh, property. The other reason is that when we mix multiple elements, suddenly we have a very large design space. This space is almost unlimited, right? So we can find uh, new uh, compositional structures based on uh, this Hanchipi alloy uh, concept. And maybe you can find uh, a completely new material uh, for applications that were not possible before. I imagine this is an exciting time um, for scientists looking into these things because, because they sound like they're very extremely complex. And, um, and the possibilities, and, and they have a lot of possibilities to them. And I guess that may, that may lead us to my next question, which was about computation and why you, um, why you needed uh, um, computation to help you with the research. So if you look at literature, uh, there are uh, very few experimental results, especially for the uh, elastic properties that we've been calculating for Hanchi alloys. 
uh, over the last 10 or 15 years, uh, there are only about about 200, uh, that's a rough number, uh, 200 uh, country pilots that have been characterized experimentally for their elastic properties. Because country pilot represents such a big space uh, of materials, this amount of data is really limiting our capability to design your country pilots. So that's why we perform this kind of high throughput uh, calculations to survey a very large number of country pilot space to understand their uh, stability and the elastic properties. So for this work, uh, we calculate, we performed more than 160,000 first principles calculations. These are very accurate uh, quantum mechanical calculations. Really means that we can predict the properties very well. This sheer number of calculations are basically not possible to perform on individual clusters or computer clusters or uh, personal computers, right? So yeah, that, that's why we need to we need access to high uh, performance computing facilities like XE attack uh, for the calculation. Uh, maybe just to follow up yeah. um, sure. into, uh, um, into how, uh, how par parallelization um, being able to parallelize um, your code um, uh, helped your research. Most high performance computing uh, usage for material study uh, is to run these highly parallel calculations. You run very big simulation with like hundreds of thousands or maybe millions of atoms. And each calculation uses maybe uh, 10 or dozens of nodes. Uh, so these are really high-end, like high-performance computing applications. However, for our applications, it's on the other, uh, uh, I mean, I, I'll say it's a, it's a totally different uh, use case. So in our case, we have a very large number of small calculations. So each calculation uses one core or two cores. Uh, and each calculation probably can finish within six or 10 hours. But we have to run a huge number of these so-called small or medium-sized calculations. So uh, most high-performance computing centers, uh, these high, uh, supercomputing centers, they are not uh, suitable uh, for this kind of studies. Uh, they are very good at uh, running these highly parallel, huge, uh, like material simulation jobs, but they're really uh, difficult to handle these uh, large number of small jobs. What uh, STEMP2 does and the TACC does that they provide a very nice code called launcher, which can help us pack individual small jobs into, a, into one or two huge jobs. And uh, so that we can use these high performance uh, computing nodes. So for example, uh, the the tech uh, computer, uh, each node, I think for Stampede 2, each node has about 60 cores. Because of this launcher script, we can pack 60, maybe 58 jobs, small jobs, and run them simultaneously on a, a high-performance node so that we can utilize uh, these high-performance computing uh, more efficiently and finish our <laughs> large number of small calculations quickly. Yeah, I would say this is a very unique uh, use application uh, for, for uh, supercomputers, uh, but also it's quite common uh, for many um, materials modeling problems. 
So there are lots of materials these days that require the usage of uh, expensive metals or metals that have these supply chain issues like uh, platinum, which is commonly used in catalysts and the cobalt, which is commonly used in batteries. Uh, these these uh, metals are really limiting our capability to uh, to manufacture these materials. What Hanji Palos can do is that we can find uh, easily sourced elements and uh, hopefully we can mix some of these elements together and we can replace these precious metals or elements that have um, like supply chain issues. So these are actually strategic uh, materials I mean, for, the, <laughs> for the future. You've been listening to Wee Chen of the Illinois Institute of Technology. Supersized Science is part of the Texas Podcast Network. The Conversations Changing the World, brought to you by the University of Texas at Austin. The opinions expressed in this podcast represent the views of the hosts and not of the University of Texas at Austin. For the Texas Advanced Computing Center, I'm Jorge Salazar. <laughs>